Please listen carefully. And now, live from an airport commandeered by cosplayers, it's the Assuming Positions Podcast. Featuring two cartoon characters with overly animated mouths, Kevin and Mikey. Hey everybody, welcome to the Assuming Positions Podcast. Kevin over here. And Mikey over here. And we are still live at Anime Dallas, even though they're packing everything up. It's at the very, very end. But we're lucky enough to have waylaid and brought him over to the table, even though they want this table. John Gremion is here. Hello. John, How are you? For coming. Thanks he's, for having me, guys. He's a film actor, a voice actor, a stage actor. Uh, you may know him as Gentle Criminal from My Hero Academia, Draco Mihawk from One Piece, Roland Chappelle from Food Wars. You got and, it. And if you're a fan like I am, the titular D from Vampire Hunter D from Sentai Film. Man, it's like you guys know your anime and, and talk about it and stuff. <laughs> Sometimes we do. We talk about everything from Star Wars to Marvel to everything. Oh, but, that's awesome. But yeah. what we really like to talk about when we get great and talented people like you on the oh, show shucks. is <laughs> we like to talk about we love to be positive and celebrate all nerdery in all its forms. Excellent. And everyone who's nerdy and someone who goes through theater and goes to Juilliard you're a nerd of some sort. I of am course. quite. I, I've been quite known to be quite yes. the nerd growing up. And now theater that, nerd, theater nerd. That that seed always starts somewhere with something. Yeah. So where did this start with you? You know, it started it, with me. I would say theater nerd status. I was I was uh, doing uh, plays in school since I was a kid, since I was in first grade, and imitating people. And I'm a, I've been a mimic all mm-hmm. my life. I don't know where that comes from. It's just kind of a. It's not genetic. <laughs> my folks can't do it, but. I was imitating all my faculty and teachers and friends and stuff like that. It got me into trouble, but it made me some good, cool friends at the same time. Because, you know, uh, imitate so-and-so. Hoo-hoo, <laughs> it's funny. And then, <laughs> so, you know, I didn't like, I never liked sports as a kid growing up. I was never into them or anything. I'll root for the home team, but that's about it. And so, you know, I got picked on a little bit as a kid. We mm-hmm. all did in, in, our, in our nerddom. Yep. And, and that was fine. That was pretty cool. Actually, I was telling this story the, uh, a couple of weeks ago at a It Gets Better panel. Okay. At yeah. a con that I went to in Reno. And it was a really cool panel, but we talked about how, you know, hopefully your bullies grow up too. Mm-hmm. And I met some of my bullies later in life, and they were cool people. And, you know, we got along and said, hey, I'm sorry about that, and say we're grown up. So hopefully that happens to people. But I was literally standing with a guy outside my junior high school, about to go into class. And I'm standing with a friend of mine who's like one of my, one of my friends, one of my protectors okay. against jerks. This guy comes up to him, doesn't even look at me. And just starts talking to him about kicking my ass. And he goes, hey, if I kicked his ass, would you kick my ass? He goes, yeah, I will. Leave him alone. And they were talking like a couple of mafia dudes in the back of a, <laughs> in the back. Okay, you, you take care of this territory. I take care of it. You uh, kick his ass. No, he's a made guy. I'm going to kick your ass. You kick his ass. <laughs> it was really funny. So I was like, what is going on here? I'm standing right here, you guys. I'm like, property? <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's, so that was, a, that was a funny story from my childhood. Yeah, hey, forget about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, forget about it. But the good news is, yes. Hopefully, it does get better. Your bullies grow up, too. Mm-hmm. A lot of them do. And I think a lot of people later in life, kind of in their 30s, kind of smack their head and go, why was I such a jerk when I was a kid? Uh, yeah. Why did I do that? And I'm, I'm all for that. I hope that helps, well, no, helps yeah. people. That's, yeah. all, that's all what, what our podcast is about, is celebrating. the. We saw such, such toxic stuff online. Yeah. You know, and we're like, we want to be the positive podcast. Yeah, man. So 
That's why we we actually came up with it at this at this convention. Yeah, we're gonna make a shirt that says "Too Positive for Twitter" Sweet. on the back. Oh my gosh! Because we don't track very well on Twitter because we're not controversial enough. Exactly. But we do great on Instagram. You don't, you don't mic drop enough on yeah, Twitter for we people. Don't. Now I use Twitter for marketing, and Twitter's good for some things, but Twitter's weird because you know Facebook at least has the courtesy to say hi, welcome to Facebook. Go pick your friends. Yeah. Yes. Go invite friends. Twitter just says, "Hi, we're going to throw you out into the ocean. Yeah. Here's a whack-a-mole. Yeah. Hope you hope you uh yeah. hope you know who to get rid of. Yeah, hope you can survive the wolves. <laughs> everybody's going to hate you. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. So, it's, you you grew up here in Texas, right? I'm a native Houstonian. Yes. Yeah, nice. UT of Austin, right? Is Hook them. There Hook you em. go. I went there, yes. Hey, <laughs> you your homework. I like this. Yeah, I know. It's great. Um so, uh, are, do you still live here in Texas? I do. Yeah, I still that's live great. in Houston. I live in my neighbor. I, get this. I live in this uh, mid-century apartment near this little shishi neighborhood mm-hmm. that is a really nice neighborhood in Houston, one of the nicest. And it's, I'm in between my elementary school, my junior high, and my old high school. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm living in the same area. I just kept coming back home. You know, that's where the work was. That's where family is. And, you know, it's big for me. So I'm digging it. Okay, so you said where the work was. How did that start? Because <clears throat> you said you, you were a mimic. I get that. I love right, doing, right, right. When, you know, me watching cartoons as a kid. It's the same thing. It's like, right. I love the voices. I wonder if I can do that. And you start yep. making squeaks and sounds in the Absolutely. bathroom. Absolutely. What, what, what's the transition when you realize, like, oh, I could maybe do this for... Well, it was strange because when uh, ADV Films... Uh, was first starting out, and they had licensing for all this anime. They didn't have a lot of act. They didn't have any actors. Okay. They had very few actors, so they just start having open act, open audition calls. Every couple of months, in the back of the Houston Press, you would see open call for voice actors okay. to do anime. And so we all just, you know, a friend of mine said, "Hey, why don't you go do this? We're gonna go." We all showed up. We sat in a room like you're auditioning for a commercial, waiting for the director to come out and say, "Kid, I'm gonna make you a star." And you go in there, and you, I met Matt Greenfield, and I auditioned for I think Sorcerer Hunters or nice. or Dirty Pair or something like that. Oh, Dirty Pair. An old, yeah. an old, of, and I got the role in Dirty Pair, and I and I I can't remember the the if it was Sorcerer Hunters or something else, but my very first anime was this husband who was like crying desperately about something going on with some demons around him. I can't remember the show, but then my first official big role was uh, Nigel Kirkland in Bubblegum Crisis 2040 mm. on VHS, y'all. Bubblegum Crisis, that's I, a classic of all that's time. That's a classic. Then we did Martian Successor yeah. Nadesco, and we started doing... So, you know, when I, I studied at Juilliard as a theater student for two years, okay. I got cut from that program. They used to cut the class down. Oh. And I was only 20 years old when that happened. I didn't make the cut. So that was okay, but I decided, okay, maybe I'm not a stage actor. Maybe I'm not going to be a Shakespearean actor one day. No big deal. Mm -hmm. Went back home, ended up going to film school, became a video editor. And that's what I do for my part of my bread and butter is I also do video editing professionally for the last 25 years as long as I've been a voice actor. There you go. And at the same time, I started doing voice acting and anime and other things, but I couldn't even go to an audition unless it was on a lunch break. So I said, man, no, this isn't going to work. So I went freelance, and I've been freelance for the last 15 years. There you go. Doing uh, video editing, voice acting, some theater occasionally. Not, not a lot since COVID. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but, you know, now we're getting back into the scene, and hopefully things are changing. Yeah. But that's my story. It's a, it's a scary thing to do that freelance thing, but the, the whole reason our podcast is, exists is because it's, we're trying to make a thing. So Right. And you can't make a thing on your lunch break. You sort of got to dive no, you gotta into di- it. You've got to have some time to put some put some serious time into it. Absolutely. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so the I'm uh, anime came to me a long time ago. I it's it's kind of funny here. There's a lot of the kids running around anime Dallas, and I'll right. I'll, I'll I'll talk about certain animes, and they'll look at me like they'll look at me what? like the dog looking at a ceiling fan. Right. And like I'm not 
read up on some of the newer ones. I, I try to keep up, but there's so many now. Right. But uh, I knew a guy in the mid-90s who had an, an anime collection on VHS that he meticulously kept in special cases and That's stuff. awesome. And it was the stuff from Funimation and stuff. It was the first stuff yeah, that came over. Right, right. So I was introduced <laughs> to um, Dominion Tank Police and Bubblegum Crisis, both right. versions, including yeah. your version later on. Yeah. And those were the, the ones for me that I, I always, I'm like, I'm like, Dominion Tank Police? Don't you? And they're like, no. And I'm like, Bubblegum Crisis? What? I'm like, oh, come on, man. These are some of the, the, the greats. Uh, for me, but what, what's interesting to me is how this whole thing uh, came through Texas. Yes, well, Texas uh, is a right-to-work state, you know, so it's you, it's it's much easier for people to cast non-union actors and not worry about union contracts. And I don't know all the ins and outs of that. Yeah, but that's part of why when you're a voice actor in anime, contrary to some popular belief. You don't get residuals and sit in a mansion. I mean, you're like, I can go to Netflix or pull up Hulu and go, you know, me and my friends are on this, this, that, this anime. But we don't get, you know, checks from that. We get a studio fee when we go in and record the anime. And then the rest of our money is, is from going to conventions right. and things like that. Right. So, yeah, that's, that's a lot of why that happens. What am I going to do? <laughs> what am I going to do? That is pretty we're, crazy. We're going to talk like this, though. We're going to talk like this. We're going to it is pretty crazy that they have that sort of behind-the-scenes thing because if you aren't union, then it's sort of just the one-time fee. Cause That's you, right. You would think it'd be the opposite. I once recorded a, a, I recorded some TV commercials, and they're still on the air, and they're national, but they're non-union, and they wanted a non-union actor in Texas so that they wouldn't have to do. And at one point, they, they, the company that's behind this product, they gave some of the commercials to a bigger agency to try to get more airplay, and they said, no, you got to do it a union thing. I got you. So for a little bit of time, one of my 15-second spots became union residuals, national, and I was like, wow, cool, I can't believe this, this is awesome. And then they saw what they had to pay, they refilmed it and re-recorded it oh, so no. they could do it non-union and stop paying it. Oh, that. wow. They said, we don't want to pay that money. Who's this guy, non-union? <laughs> Give him, you know. But I, I imagine that because of that necessity, it does sort of force you into, like, grouping up as uh, not forming a union but teaming up with the people that you go to conventions with that you right. see at all the places yeah so, right right uh, it's a, the importance of friends again you got to have that network you know sure yeah we, i mean we've been talking about it so much during the convention about how i mean i think a lot of it is our perspective after you know stuff is opening back up and we're seeing people we haven't seen in two in a years. Long time, yeah. And 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 everyone's so excited to see each other again. Exactly, it's great. And it's it's been the constant theme with every interview, like how everyone seems to. The best thing to come out of the dark times <laughs> has been that people. I think a lot of people are realizing what's important and what to appreciate. Yeah. And you start realizing you can, you know, to really appreciate these connections you make with people at things exactly. like this. Yeah, absolutely. You got to be. I mean, you got to be careful to an extent. We're not completely out of the woods yet. Yep. We got to make sure we're all good. But I think uh, I think it's important. What you just said is very important. Now we went to one of your panels, and you were talking about how during the pandemic you had to improvise on being able to do your voice acting. Well, what happened is that Funimation, I think, is what we're talking about, yep. um, decided, and this was right in the middle of the six episodes I recorded for My Hero Academia. We recorded three episodes. Then it was the middle of March 2020 when COVID shut everything down. Everything went to poop. And we were like, are we going to record episode four? Nope. Okay, what are we going to do? Well, stand by. And then Funimation just huddled together and decided, all right, we have to start sending out packets to voice actors who don't have a home setup 
and they worked with every single actor they worked with had to have an iPad or at least or a good microphone. They sent them these boxes. They sent out all these packets to all these actors. Okay. They didn't have to send one to me and some other people because I'm a video editor, so I was able to do it through Adobe Premiere. There you go. Uh, record my audio to them, send them the files. Now we do it on Source Connect now. There you go. Which is for free software, and as long as you got a hardwired internet connection and a good recording booth situation, we test. They te- but they tested this with every single actor. And now they're finally starting to get back into the studio. So now they're doing a combination of studio plus remote. Okay. But yeah, we, we they they really pulled it together. Wow. And made sure that the, when the engineers got the recordings, it, it's not all from one studio. It's from everybody's closet or house. Oh, yeah. Over the last couple of years. It's cool that you had the edge being the nerd, though, and you already had a you battle betcha. station sort of ready you to go. Betcha. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a cruddy looking, it's a cramped little closet. I'm like, meh. <laughs> uh, for your yeah. video editing, is that still in the same realm of anime voiceover for Funimation, or is that something completely well, separate? Well, I have done a couple of videos for uh, um, DVD extras. There you go. Uh, ADV Films did Halo Legends a while back, put oh. a Blu-ray out. So I, I cut together a lot of those ba- those uh, behind-the-scenes extras there you that go. were on the Blu-ray. And I also did... Um, uh, something for Assassination Classroom for Funimation, uh, Volume 2. We said the top 10 top ten moments in Season 2. <laughs> and they sent me a bunch of footage, and I was able to get to know the show and uh, cut that together for them. There you go. So They're a little bit of my video editing came in handy with anime, yeah. But back to the voiceover work, your panel yep. on My Hero Academia <clears throat> was great. The audience had so many questions. They were uh, so happy to see everybody, so involved. Is there, for you, when you come to these conventions, is there one that people seem to call you out for or something oh, yeah. that you react to the biggest? Oh, yeah. It's, al- it's always gentle. I mean, General Criminal changed a lot of things for me, and it just kicked things up another notch because My Hero was such an awesome and popular show. There's definitely a difference. I'm known for two roles mostly, Mihawk, Hawkeye Mihawk and One Piece, yep. and for Gentle Criminal, My Hero. I've done... I've been in the business for about, I've been recording anime for about 23 years. Yeah. And I've got a deeper voice. I've got more of that bass baritone. So I'm more the the dads, the cops, the gruff guys, the villains, and things like that. And it just depends on the show you do. But My Hero hit such a nerve that Gentle has really kicked it up another to another level. Definitely. I am kind of curious, though. Is there a part of you that's kind of villainous, and so you like those villainous roles? Or is it merely just because no. of your... <laughs> <laughs> You're no. just playing to your strong suit. Playing villain. We were talking about this in a villain. We had a villain panel mm-hmm. uh, yesterday. And I don't know if you got to see that, but we were talking with John Swayze was there and Christine Auten and I and, and, and uh, Marcus Malden and Kent Williams was there. And uh, we were all talking about um, playing villains and how sometimes two-dimensional villains, Jeremy Inman was there too when he was talking about this, that sometimes two-dimensional villains are one-dimensional. They don't have a backstory. They're kind of more fun to play. I got you. Because you can just go nuts. You can just let rip and, and just be, I'm just evil. <laughs> but that's harder to play in a way because psychologically, what's your backstory? You've got to create one. If it's not in the writing, you have to come up with it on your own. That's it. And everything, any good thing you want to come up with is legit. And nobody knows why you're evil necessarily, but some villains are better than others. They have re- really well-written backstories, and it gets really deep. That's what I like about the writing of my hero. Is oh, that for sure. Every character in my hero is very three dimensional. A lot of them have a backstory, and they can really dig into everybody's, even the minor characters. You know, the, who you think are minor. That's it. You learn they get an episode later. You're like, well, I didn't know that was that was their situation. Gentle's got a really sad backstory. So does La Brava. And what I really find fascinating is that some people said, "Hey, wait, we just went through we just went through this really intense arc with Overhaul." Why is it Miller time now? It's like, who are these clowns yes. who are on YouTube? Well, it's a little deeper than that because if you let them, 
if you enjoy the, it's a little bit of a respite. You get some humor, you get some, you know, tea spilling and some British what, panache and whatnot. <laughs> but then you learn that they have really sad backstories. Really, I don't want to give away any spoilers here, but their backstories are, are pretty deep. And they're both trying to be these YouTube stars. Yep. Because I, th but for me, they're kind of they're using social media to try to put on a persona to make people think that there's somebody they're not, so that they can try to get over their past. And I think there's a there's real deep lessons there. Yeah. You know, if you really think about it, it's pretty uh, it's pretty deep. And, yeah. it's, and it's way better than just the scary bad guy. That you bet. Only the oh, scary bad totally, guy. Totally, totally. I absolutely agree. Yeah, I've I've really noticed that, that and I, I'm wondering if you've noticed. Since you've been doing this for over twenty years, right. the the I don't know if I want to call it an improvement or just it's just seems like anime has uh, gotten a little more deep in a lot of ways, yeah, yeah, and it, it seems also seems like from before till now the people who do voice acting like yourself and the people who are are, are putting it together are paying much more attention to the translation and making sure everything comes across. Oh yeah, definitely. Because we always we, we we always is one of the nerd arguments that we've talked about before in the past was the whole subbed versus a dubbed thing. Sure. Which sure. we have said, we, we've had other voice actors on, and we don't think it's really an argument anymore. Right. Um, right. You know, it may have been an argument in the past. Yeah. Because originally, some of that stuff I was watching in the 90s was so down and dirty, and you could tell that they were just trying to get it in there. Sure, and it, sure. You just match Cranking them, them out. Yeah. Cranking them out. Just <laughs> match the mouth flaps as best you can. As and best just, you and, can. You know, just see what you can do. But now they seem to be really trying hard to do it. And we talked about it in one of our panels. This is what we came up with. Some people still like the subs. And I was like, hey, man. Sure. There's so many, but there's so many people out there who are making their bread and butter for you guys dubbing right. stuff. Right. They got big, long lines. I was like, this is, what, this is what our decision came to be. This is what we think that everyone should do. Okay. If you love an anime, you're always going to watch it more than once. Okay. So watch it both ways. Yeah. Why you not? Know? Why not? You know, watch hey, it both to, ways. To each their own, you know? Yeah, watch it. it both ways. To each their own. I understand the purists. I understand yeah. people want to watch subs. Because those are the people, in a way, who really took a, maybe more time to create the characters. Yes. And they based the lip flaps originally on the Japanese creation of these characters, the creation of them from a Japanese perspective. <laughs> and so they probably, John Swayze made a really good point about this all weekend at our panels, was he likes to listen to the Japanese actor and kind of base it on that vibe, and so do I. And, and part of it is because, at least in small part, they created the character. That's the point John was making, is that well, they created this character first. Yeah, true. So we should kind of have a little bit of honor and respect for that. And not, and you know, you can do, you can, you can take a little bit of liberty with it, but you gotta, you gotta try to get the vibe and respect the vibe that they were starting with. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's less about the exact words being translated as it is about the emotion or sentiment you're trying right. to get across. That's right. I think that you hit it on there. I think the fact that both you and John and you and the the, the veterans in this industry have yes. that perspective. Yeah. And yeah. you're doing that. I think that might be why the dubbing has gotten so much better yeah, because you're taking the care to do it and it's cool to hear it from the veterans because that means you're going to influence anyone new coming in yeah. to try and take that approach. Right on. And, and, that's, and that's why you always yeah. tell people too, we all tell people all the time, it's, all, it's more about acting than about your voice. The voice will be there. Your own voice sounds like your own voice and nobody's going to sound like you exactly. No one out there sounds exactly like you. But you as an actor, you really need to have your acting chops down. Yep. The more acting chops you have, the more improv skills you have, the better you are in that booth. That voice isn't going to get you very far if you can't put some emotion 
mm-hmm. some meaning behind it or some vibe to it or some inflection it's just not going to be there if you're if you're not a good actor. Yeah, that's, that's we've always come across that too. Talking to voice actors is that that the you're just actors. Yes, you know, absolutely. Just, just, and everything else is taken care of. You don't have yeah. to. You're not when you do a film. You got real time. You got to look like the character. You got to have the facial expressions of the character. Your mood and your vibe has to come through your your every every aspect of you. You have to dress right. You have to look good. You have to this and that. You don't have to worry about that when you're a voice actor because you're just providing the voice. But the voice. The audio is 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 a lot. That voice, you know, when you hear a crappy voice, mm-hmm. or or some. I, I was I can't remember the anime that I saw a long time ago, but it was this dark anime and this dark dude was talking and he sounded like an announcer. <laughs> I'm the evil person, and I was like, no, that's not working. That's like yeah. that's kind of like the old Akira, like the original Japanese Akira had the oh, creepy little kids yeah, and they had man. creepy little kid voices. I remember seeing that in the movie theater. And then they made the American version, while well, still good, but the little kids are just to have kids' voices, and they're like, no, right. they're supposed to be creepier. Right? They're sp- yeah, they're supposed to be children of the corn, yo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but with your actor training, so you get a job for voiceover. Do you have a process, or do you have like a starting point or a thing you go through to sort of get in the zone? Or to, and when an anime, when we're doing anime? Yes, for anime specifically voiceover. with anime, you know. It's, it's really weird. We were talking about this all weekend, too. Recording anime, a lot of the time, believe it or not, is more like you're doing a cold reading improv exercise audition, but it goes on the DVD. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm. The, I mean, like the first couple of takes you do, you got to get rolling. You got to get in there. And that's, what, that's another reason why you got to have your acting chops down. When I go into a studio, often they just call me and they've already cast me in the role. They didn't audition for me. They just said, that's a John Grimion voice. Let's get John in here. <laughs> that's what they do. And they, a lot of them do. And so I go in. You're in episode 5, 16, and 23, and 24, or whatever. And they just, you don't know anything about the plot. You don't know anything. There's no, you know, when, you re- when you're an actor on a stage play, you read that script. You audition for that role. You do a table reading. You get to know the part. You talk about the philosophy and theories behind why it was written that way. You're rehearsing for weeks. Oh, you, for can, sure. you can work out the kinks and get it right and wrong and decide what's it. When you record an anime, you walk in and go, blip, and that's, you're, you're going. That's you're intense. Doing, you're doing your thing, yeah. You look wow. at the character, come up with a voice, hear the Japanese actor, try to get the vibe, and whether your first line is, oh, or, you know, look over there, or look out, or, you know, whatever it is. You've got, you got to roll with it. That's intense, though. Yeah. Uh, because you're making those noises, though, I do have to ask, do you have, like, a secret stashed roll of you just, like, grunting and exclaiming and fighting that you can just sort of plug in there? Oh, or is it, not is it, really. Is it sounds every not time? Not really. A lot, of it sounds, a lot of it probably sounds the same. If somebody did enough research, they could no, probably I, edit together a mega jam <laughs> of me going, oh, for, <laughs> over I, the I, years. I didn't mean to cheat the system. I just, I can't imagine having to like grunt no. and exclaim and punch and be punched like every time. It's like, okay, this character gets punched and you're like, uh, the okay. real The real hard stuff is, the, is, the, is when you, is when you uh, are matching lip flaps to a live action film, uh, like mm. Japanese live action film. I've done some of those. Oh, I, really? Yeah, oh, I've done some of those too, yeah. At mm. ADV and for some other companies too. And that's, that's tougher to do. Because that it, has to be on beat, on rhythm, and yeah, it's it's yeah. it's it, the, those lip flaps are not just brap, 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 like little cartoon lip flaps. Yeah. They are they are people's real faces and right. lips moving with real inflection on real vowels and consonants, and you've got to you got to try to match that with an American line 
that makes this that makes sense. I believe right. it. Yeah, that's tougher. Yeah, it's tougher. That stuff. That stuff's even better now than it used to be. Because I, I remember in the seventies, I, I remember what was it? Eddie Murphy used to do that bit where he'd make fun of yeah. kung how, fu movies. Yeah. How the kung fu movies and how they oh, just that's right. put, they put like laughs in there just to cover up. Oh, you know, gosh, like, yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, you can't get the visual though of the delayed mouth with that. Yeah, thing. I can't. Oh yeah. man, you just can't do it. Okay, so you've played a chef, you've played a pirate ninja, you've played yes. a vampire, you've yep. played a... I mean, vampire his name hunter. is criminal, so I'll just call him a criminal. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> Childhood nerdy you, yep. given the ideal sort of bad guy or role or creature or anything, is there anything that you have to, a desire to do? That I haven't done yet? Yes. I, well, you know, the, the biggest thing for me that I always try to hope for is I don't want people to recognize my voice. Okay. I know they're going to. I know if you went back and looked at it, but there's probably 18, 20 different roles that sound almost identical. Or some version of my voice that sounds a little bit different that I've used for five different characters over the years. I got you. Because you can't just, I mean, my trick bag is only so limited. And what I do most is accents and mimicking and things like that. But you don't do a lot of accents. That's why I like doing criminal because he's general criminal's British. That's it. So you get to whip out the British accent. You get to do a French accent for Chappelle. I've done German uh, accents. I've done um, a Russian accent, this and that, oh. or Italian. And those are fun to do because they're just, you won't be recognized. I don't want people to always hear me and go, that's John Gremion. I want them to go, you did this guy? That's even better, yeah. That's even better, yeah. I like that a lot more. That's what I hope to do more of. I hope, because you you come in sometimes, it's frustrating because the director will just say, that's John Grimion's voice. Get him in here. Yep. Let's put Grimion in there. And they don't want me to change anything about my voice. I go, who does this guy sound like? What do you think? Oh, it's just you. I'm like, don't. I want to <laughs> put a twist on it, you know? Yeah, have a little bit of fun with it. Yeah, put Could, something on it that you don't recognize very much. How do you uh, how do you research the accents? Do you do? Because I know, like, it's on movies, they'll have dialect coaches and stuff, you know, but you're just doing it by well, yourself. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, there, there is some. I'm, I'm sure I'm not perfect at some of these accents. I get them good enough. I've been told that I'm good enough at them by people mm -hmm. who really are in the know, or they're from England, or they're from you know somewhere. But I'm sure some of it's a little iffy. So I don't actually, truth be told, do all the phonetic research on those accents. But I just listen to them. I listen to an accent on YouTube if I want to get into it, okay, and I just yeah. listen. And I'm, I'm, mimicking, I'm all about yeah. hearing. Yeah, yeah, I'm all about mimicking. That's hearing the, back and mimicking. Yeah, that's the. I've always, I was always that kid who like. My parents would make me do like do do that accent, do that accent. Yeah, right, right. And guess what? Yeah, when funny. I go up to somebody, how do you do that accent? I don't know. What do yeah. you mean? Well, I'll tell somebody, hey, just do a Texas accent, and everybody can go, hey, how you doing? I'm from Texas. I go, how did you do that? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm my, thinking my, of my I'm thinking of my friend Bill. My, my brain sent a message to my vocal cords and made him do what it did. <laughs> The, the accents are so fun, though. I like. They are fun. Yeah. Like when we were, we just our our recent uh, episode, we reviewed Black Widow. Oh yeah. And I I, I couldn't stop trying to do my Russian. I ended up sounding like Borat through most <laughs> of it. Oh, that's it. fantastic. But it's so many. This vest has so many pockets. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Um, from your schooling days, from your actor training, what do you think is the biggest thing that you've taken away from Juilliard or UT Austin that like still wow. informs your work today? Like, good question. Gosh. Um, you know, just to, just to be authentic, yeah. because when I went to Juilliard, there was a, a very stuffy voice coach that I worked with. Okay. Bow tie wearing, like a breadstick in a suit. I mean, just <laughs> this guy, you know, breadstick in a bow tie. That's from uh, that's from what's that show with Steve Buscemi on HBO? That's from uh, uh, Boardwalk Empire. That yes. was a good Buscemi. Yeah, that, was a, <laughs> that was a real good Buscemi. But this guy, this guy shows up, and I used to be so 
affected in my voice, and I still am to a degree. I sound like I've got kind of a radio-ish voice, but I would affect it and sound blah, 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 blah. And, <laughs> and I thought I was an actor. <laughs> and I show up and I do some little, he has us read some things out of a book or something like that. And yeah. I read something in his class on the first day and he looked at the class and he went, well, you can hear the briefcase. Oh. And I was like, wow, dude, you're oh. right. that's harsh. And being that harsh and getting shut down on the first day? That's right. Oh, that's Juilliard for you back uh, in the day. Yeah. Oh, it was scary. I believe it. They're real. They're much better now. We went back to a reunion and they're very kumbaya. It's, it's really awesome now. There you go. We're jealous. <laughs> back in the day when I was there, oh, it was frightening. That's, a, that's how like I get jealous at these conventions because I was a nerd in the 90s and like if... A girl nerd? Yes. N- what is that? Right. And then you come to these conventions and there, there's, you know, well, guess what? Thousands of them. Ring a ding ding. I know, right? I was like, I'm like, I'm like, this isn't fair. I remember, I remember going to a convention. A little side story. I remember going to a convention and there was literally one woman there who wasn't hired to be there, who was the husband of, I mean, the, her husband went there. Oh, she wow. was the wife of someone. Yeah. And everyone was like, he was a god. Like, how did you find? A girl to marry, and come with you to this. The, yeah, you, you know, you bet. It was you like well, it was so rare. But now that that's so, I you're jealous of the Juilliard. I'm jealous every time oh, I come I'm here. These you, kids, the students these days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's very different now. Kids these days don't know how easy they got it. <laughs> they you don't damn know how kids easy. with your fun. <laughs> Man. Get off my lawn. So, uh, sorry, more tangents, but you mentioned doing video work for video games. Have you gotten into the realm of video game voiceover work? I have done some. I did Mihawk for a video game, a One Piece video game. Nice. I, I did some other stuff for different video games, but I, I can't remember all the titles. But uh, And there's one that hasn't even come out yet that I can't even talk about because it's still not out. Oh, oh wow. But it's a good one. When we were interviewing, uh, we were interviewing Freddy, Freddy couldn't, he, he was like, He's like, yeah, I'm glad to talk to you, I'm but I can't really stuff. talk I can't about. Tell you yeah, I can't tell you anything that I'm in. You're right. <laughs> I can't tell you what I'm doing. <laughs> what are you doing? Stuff. Yeah, it's gonna come out later. I've been doing stuff, so it's good to see you guys. Anyway, uh, you having a good weekend? <laughs> <laughs> Freddie's crazy. He's great. Yeah. But speaking of the weekend, you've had a good weekend. Any highlights for weekend. Anime Dallas for you? Anime Dallas, the, the, the My Hero panel was really fantastic. We got a huge turnout yesterday. A lot of us were up there on stage. I had That's the biggest panel I've ever, I've ever been to at a con. It was really fantastic. I, that was a highlight. And uh, no, I just, and I liked me, I, I always like meeting these new friends who I've never met before who are voice actors because we don't usually meet each other. Mm. You never meet them in the studio. Uh, that um, makes sense. You know, you're always going in one by one. I've done shows. Uh, for years uh, with, with tons of people in the cast and I've never met them until a couple of years ago or five years ago or whatever. We're not, you know, there's a, there's a mystique and there's a, a misconception about voice actors that we all meet after school in a tree house and we knock on a little door and, <laughs> what's the I, password? I would, yeah, I want to be in that club. Come yeah, on. We, yeah, we don't. Don't, we don't tell me it's not real. No, we don't all know each other. <laughs> we don't always know each other, no. They, all, they, they all talk in voices in the tree house. That's, you know? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, I think that they want this table. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or, or we're going to get run over. Yeah, they're loading something. things out of this hotel so, as we speak. Um, but before you go, where can everyone find you on? Oh, yeah. You can uh, find me on Twitter uh, at, at jgrim. That's J for John, then Grim for Gremion. jgrim, very short name on Twitter. And then John Gremion, my whole name spelled out. Looks like John Gremillion. Yeah. It's a French name. French. Those pesky French names where the L's are silent. Yeah. John Gremion spelled out lowercase. I'm on Instagram. You can find me there. 
So are you from Cajun stock? I am from Cajun stock, oh, French yeah. Cajun stock, That's... yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You bet. Are there any projects that you can tell us about that we can look for There's on the horizon? There's a brand new show that I just started recording with Mike McFarland at Funimation called The Heike Story. Okay. And I'm playing a very good role in that in that show. It's a really beautifully animated show. It's a very serious uh, drama. I really like it a lot. It's got some lighthearted stuff, but it's, it's pretty heavy. It's a, good, it's a really good one for Funimation we're doing right now. That's the key word for me is Funimation. That you betcha. The local boys that I'm happy to see do well and yeah. to hear they got exciting more stuff coming out, I'm always happy to hear about it. Absolutely. Well, John, thanks so much for coming out. We really appreciate you coming. Thank you so much, guys. Um, We also want to thank Anime Dallas for having us out. This is our last recording from here because, like I said, they're literally packing up everything here. (laughs) And the guy who picks up the tables keeps eyeballing us. It's Sunday. Um, but we want to thank you guys so much for listening. We also want to thank that guy, Brad, for doing our announcing, Not Scott Production for Equipment, and Jazzar for music. You can always follow us at AssumingPod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can send us the Gmail, AssumingPositions at gmail.com. And every show, I ask Mikey, how do you want the Gmail formatted? Oh, this one's easy. I want you to do your best voice actor work. Give us your best bad guy and give me an audio clip of your complaint or comment. Uh, yeah. yeah. Hopefully <laughs> comment. a comment. Yeah, hopefully a, a, com- a loving comment. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, John. Cheers.